Neil Before Blog presents Neil Before Pod. Hello and welcome to the Neil Before Pod interview segment. I'm your host Craig and I'm bringing you one from the archives. Some of my interviews were believed lost in a great hard drive fire, but it looks like I'm better at backing things up than I thought I was. I hope you enjoy this chat I had with Indigo, who played Rona in the final season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer at Edinburgh Comic Con last year. Be aware that because we recorded it in the main hall at a Comic Con, there's quite a bit of background noise, though the main voices, i.e. myself and Indigo, can still be heard clearly. I'm joined here at Edinburgh Comic Con with Indigo. Hi, yes. welcome on the podcast. Thanks Thank for taking you. the time. Thank you for having me. So, how did you find Edinburgh? When did you get in? I got in yesterday around 10 o'clock. I wanted to see some stuff, but everything shuts down at like 5 o'clock. So, (laughs) when I got here, I I took a nap. The fire alarm got tripped up at my hotel. It woke me up from the nap. Everyone got out of the hotel with a false alarm, fortunately, but I was like, okay, I should, I should see some stuff, but I looked online and everything had, was done for the night. So Monday, I don't go back home until Tuesday, so Monday my plan is to get out and see what I can. See the castle, see yeah, all the stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So, obviously you've been an actor for a number of years. Yes. What made you decide to pursue that? Is it something you fell into or is it something you just went for? So my father's actually an actor, professional. I've been acting since I was three, so I don't remember when I started, because as far as I can remember, I've been doing it all my life. He he tells the story that he was on a show, there was was a show that Steven Spielberg produced called Amazing Stories back in the 1980s, and I do remember he did an episode of it and we were watching it one night. He says at some point while it was on, I looked at him on the screen and I looked back at him on the couch and I looked at the screen again and then I pointed to it and I said, I can do that. <laughs> so, you know, I'm three, so he probably didn't think much of it, but evidently I, I knew something because I'm still doing it and it's, it's many, many years later. So that was how I got started. Got an agent when I was three, got my first job when I was five. It was a hot dog commercial and uh, been doing it ever since. Cool. So just just naturally then. Just, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And in your downtime, what do you like watch? Kind of in films or TV? What's your what's your wheelhouse? Man, I love animals. I love nature. So I watch a lot of nature programming, a lot of animal programming, a lot of science programming. I'm like kind of nerdy. Oh, cool. So yeah, nerds are like running the world now. So it's actually like cool to be a nerd now. I remember yeah. there was a time when it wasn't. But, I remember. But now it is. <laughs> So, uh, I like information. Yeah. I love to soak up information. So, anything that's educational, I'll sit in for both times. I'm also watching Survivor. <laughs> I never watched that show in my life, and I got caught up watching it, and now I'm like, every week, my husband and I like, turn it to Survivor. <laughs> really? So, you appeared on Buffy in its final season as the potential Slayer and then later Slayer yes. Rona? Yep. So, can you talk about, about the casting process? Were you always Rona, or did you read for a bunch of different characters? So the casting process of Buffy was interesting. The first time I auditioned for Buffy, I was 15. I was in high school. And I actually auditioned to play Michelle Trachtenberg's character was about to enter uh, being junior high school in the next yeah. season. I auditioned to play one of her friends. Okay. And she and I aren't that far apart in age, but I, I was coming across to mature in the audition. <laughs> so the casting director said, we really, really like you, but we feel like if we put you on the screen with her, you're going to come across older. Okay. But we really like you, so as soon as something else comes up, we'll call you. 
and you learn very quickly in the industry to kind of take those kind of promises with a grain of salt. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't think we'll too much about it. We'll keep you on file and we'll yeah. come back we'll to call you. you. <laughs> but about two years later, or three years later, they call me in. And they call me straight to producers. I got to bypass the first round of auditions because they remember my work. Yeah. I go straight in. I read for the casting director, the producers, the writers. And it's an English character. So I go in and I very quickly put together this, this English accent. And they really like me. They're like, wow, oh, it really sounds authentic. I'm like, okay. All right. I leave. A week later, I get a call from my agent saying, you got the part. I'm like, oh, awesome. They send me a script. I open the script and I'm like, oh, okay, the character has a different name. Like, they changed the name. All right, cool. So I go and I diligently study a Cockney English accent because the character was supposed to be have like a Cockney English accent. I'm studying this accent all week. I get to the set on Monday. We do a rehearsal. The first scene I shoot is where Buffy brings me into the house to meet, to meet all the other potentials. And... Fortunately, I did not have the first line because one of the other actors spoke and she had an English accent. I was like, I'm not the same character. So Joss liked me a lot. And they didn't want to kill me off so quickly because that character I initially auditioned for got killed quickly. So he created Rona for me. But I didn't know this when I got cast. I just thought they changed my character's name. So that's, that's kind of how that process happened. You were happened. expecting one line and then... Yeah, yeah. I was like fully prepared to do a Cockney English accent when I got to rehearsal on Monday. And I'm like, I don't think I'm the same character. That's really cool. The other interesting thing about Rona was she had no backstory. Yeah. They got the name Rona from the word Ronin. Mm-hmm. So she kind of had this mysterious background where you didn't really... She had no origin. Yeah. It was like a blank canvas. And that's the kind of really create she was. That must be a great opportunity, especially yeah. a show as popular as Buffy that's right. going on as long as it was. Obviously, you were part of a big expanding group dynamic yes. that kind of got huge in the, in the seventh season. So, was it important that you all kind of gelled together really well, or did that just kind of happen anyway? It just kind of happened. We never knew when we were going to not be around. Yeah. So, like, every time a new episode would be written, it would, it would kind of like turn the pages, like, okay, am I going to make it? Past this episode, we never knew it was a big. Just hoping mystery. you're not getting killed this week. Right. So, so we we formed relationships with people, and those people would be gone. Yeah. And the new people would come in, and they would be gone. So I would say it was kind of like shaky footing because we really didn't know which direction they were going to go with our characters or how long they would want to keep us around. So, you know, fortunately, there were a core group of us who got to stay around for a while. Yeah. And would you revisit Rona given the chance? There's talk of a kind of continuation of some form. I don't think so, but I see that a lot of the characters have had a continued story through the comics. Yeah. So that's been interesting to kind of peek in and see what they've done with the characters. So see a drawing of yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that was really funny the first time I saw yeah. that. So what kind of funny memories do you have from working on the set of Buffy? Oh, they're, they're sort of legendarily tight-knit cast, aren't they? So. You know what? They were all very warm and very welcoming, yeah. though. Like, that, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. so I didn't feel... Before I got to the set, I think I, I had a little bit of nerves because I did recognize that I was a new person coming into the yeah. They 
immediately embraced us with open arms. So we never felt that hierarchy. You know, even from Sarah. Sarah was making jokes with me from the beginning, the first time I showed up for rehearsal. So, so who was the biggest prank star? That's probably big. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably. He's still crazy, so I'm, I'm sure it was probably yeah. You were also in Weeks, yes. uh, which is a show I really liked. Can you talk about your experience being on that show? Was there anything that drew you to that one in particular? You know, was it subject matter or anything? <laughs> So I never envisioned that I would play that kind of character. It's not something you, you, you think you have on your agenda as an actor. And uh, Benita was an interesting character because he didn't have a lot to say. Yeah. But when she said things, like, it stood out. And I recognized when I would go out in public and people would approach me. If you don't really have a lot to do, you don't necessarily feel like you're making an impact yeah. on something. But people be like, oh, my God, you're my favorite character on that show. And I'm like, I heard you talk on the show. But obviously something that I was doing was standing out. But, uh, we were all pretty close, too. When we did the pilot episode, it was like August of 2004. There was no guarantee that Showtime was going to continue with the series. I think by February of 05, we got confirmation that Showtime had ordered a full season. And we just thought the show was nuts. Like, we did not think that it was going to stick around like that. We're like, they can't keep this up. Like, this show is so out there and so ridiculous. But, it just keeps going on and on and on. But people took to it, you know, for some interesting reason. Uh, the thing about that character was she was so different from who I am. Even though I didn't have a lot, it still gave me an opportunity to create a character and, and, and be somebody else. Yeah. You can't really hope for more than that as an actor. Yeah, sure. You know. And you're also a DJ. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't DJed in a couple of years. I've been busy being a homeschool teacher with my, right. my stepson. But um, you know, my husband and I used to put on events. My husband is a, a composer. Producer. And so both of us, when we had moved to New Orleans, decided to use our platforms and our fan base to put on events that we would actually want to go to. Yeah. And so I started DJing, moved to Florida for a year, I went to work on another series, we moved back to New Orleans, started doing the events again, and then I started DJing at a lot of the different events. And, um, I love music, so yeah. and I love all kinds of music. So is it kind of a hobby that you sometimes get to do yeah. for a living? Yeah. Those are the best kind of sport. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything exciting we should watch out for in, your, in the pipeline? Right now, I'm in ta- I've am in. been in talks for about a year and a couple of months. So Alan Moore and Tommy Lee Edwards have collaborated on a, a project that's based on one of Alan Moore's graphic novels called okay. Strata. And the company that's behind it is developing it into a series. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to name the actor officially attached to it yet but there is a pretty well known actor who's officially attached as one of the leads I'm in talks to be one of the other leads so I'm really excited about that because I've always wanted to be sci-fi and I love doing voiceover work so it's kind of like the best of both worlds. So you did some uh, Family Guy. Yeah, I did Family Guy. I did a lot of like Korean animated films yeah. and stuff that people don't even know. <laughs> Different voiceover commercials for several years. I was one of the animated spokespeople for Lunchables, Oscar Mayer's Lunchables. I love voiceover work. It's Is it very, just an opportunity um, just to go nuts, basically? No, of course. <laughs> nobody can see you. And I usually do little boy voices. Like yeah. 90% of the time I'm hired to be little boys. So yeah, I like 
like it because it's freeing and how I look is not a limitation on what I can do. If I can sound like it, then, then, then I can, can be do it. it. So it's awesome. Great. So just the last question is mm-hmm. one we ask everybody. If you could have any superpower, oh. what would it be and why? I know that you already had superpowers <laughs> in Buffy. Man. Only one? Ah, this is not going to be one that you probably heard before. If I had a superpower, my superpower would be to change people's intentions. Intentions? I firmly believe that everything we do is rooted in whatever our intentions are. Okay. So if I had the ability to like make everybody have pure intentions and like have integrity, and then a lot of the problems of the world that you see would not exist. It's a very noble power. Thank you. <laughs> That's a good one. Not had that one before. Yeah. Thank you very much. No problem. Thanks very much for giving your time. No problem. Uh, I hope any questions weren't too... No, not at all. Yeah. So, well, thanks very much for joining. No problem. So, that was my chat with Indigo, a.k.a. Rona, on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'd like to thank her for her time and wish her all the best in the future. If you like what you heard, then hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or any major podcasting app. You can also reach us on Facebook or Twitter under Neil Before Blog, or leave a comment on neilbeforeblog.co.uk. As always, we hope you'll join us on the next Neil Before Pod.